Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. So here we are again. Uh, I want to sit and talk for a moment about a couple different things going on with human behavior. And it, it really is the, the, the main impetus of this podcast is to help all of us wake up to being better human beings. That's the goal. That's what that's what I want this podcast to look like. And sometimes it will involve us interviewing somebody who is an expert in some field. Uh, it, it may involve, at times, um, discussing educational material. Um, but I think a lot of conversations are just going to revolve around human behavior. To, I wanted to talk a little bit this morning about how we humans show up in the world. And, and you're going to find that a lot of themes that we go into in various episodes will have overlap in other episodes. And I think there's a, a deep uh, positive potential in doing that, which is the longer that we get to sit with who we are and get to wrestle with the reason why we respond in the world the way we do. And as other voices that are wise can help us to understand those mechanisms, we can begin to see these pieces of ourselves and begin to make positive, healthy changes. When, when we start off in the world, we are deeply egocentric, meaning that we're so focused on ourselves. We're just babies. And anytime we have a need, we just cry. And it is up to the world to come solve our problems and to respond to us and to fix, to discover and to fix the reasons why we're crying. But at some point, we move into the stage called ethnocentricity. And when we're ethnocentric, we are tribal. There is us and there is them. And them is bad. They're at least less than. They're certainly not the good guys. They're the bad guys. And, and in ethnocentricity, we are deeply working to protect our group and to protect our acceptance within that group. And we hit on this a little bit in... Uh, in the last few episodes. And when we're in ethnocentricity, our fitting in is so important. Fitting in means that we change ourselves. We present ourselves inauthentically to our group so as to be acceptable to them. And so our tribe, our tribe lays out boundaries and our tribe lays out rules and our tribe lays out uh, procedures and rituals and myths. And it is our responsibility to accept all of that and to get in line and to fit in. And so we're altering who we are. We present a, a one-off version of ourself and sometimes a hundred-off version of ourself in order to be part of that tribal system. And the thing that I would want you to take from this little part of the conversation is that your system taught you to fake it. Your system taught you to withhold parts of yourself. Your system taught you that if you show up exactly as you really are, you are going to feel shame and guilt, and those are bad. Your system taught you to pretend. 
your system taught you to signal, uh, to costly signal. Costly signaling is a mechanism by which we outwardly display behaviors intentionally, even if subliminal, even if subconscious. We portray certain signals to the other members of our tribe that we have paid the price that we are all in. And so it may call on us to announce our sacrifices or to, um, to stand up, for instance, at the playing of our national anthem and to put your hand over your heart. We all signal to each other that this is the way we notify each other that we are patriotic and we believe in this system. And so when Cal- Colin Kaepernick, the football player, kneels during the national anthem, he is signaling that something is not okay here in our tribe, and I'm not going to fit in. I'm going to show up authentically. And what happens? He is lambasted and uh, is labeled by many to be an enemy of the country. He certainly isn't patriotic. And so anytime somebody stands up inside of a system and shows up authentically, and that authenticity rubs counter to the accepted culture of that system, there are those who see themselves as the watchmen on the tower, who feel it their responsibility to put pressure through shame and through ridicule and through criticism to get that person to get back in line. And so we, from a very early age, are picking up the instruction from our system on what is acceptable behavior and what is not. And we carry that instruction with us throughout the first half of our life and certainly even into parts of the second half of our life. And I use the two halves of life. I've mentioned this before. It's a Richard Rohr verbiage, which infers that on the first half of life, we are not awakened and and we often fall prey to the mechanisms that have been handed to us. And when we wake up to the second half of life, we begin to enter the individuation process and we begin to enter the space of being aware that we are aware. And this is the idea of waking up. And so having been taught by our system to pretend, to fit in, to alter ourselves, to withhold pieces of ourselves, to uh, show up in the world inauthentically in order to be accepted, we carry these mechanisms into our relationships. And so I'm married. I've been married to my beautiful wife for 23 years. I love her so much. And in the first half of life, we presented to each other the required version of ourselves that was necessary for us to fit the mold of what our system expected of us, to fit the mold of what our parents expected of us, to fit the mold of what our culture expected of us. And so we go years and years and years being what we need to be for the other person to feel safe, and for the other person to be happy. But what happens is it causes resentment. It causes hurt and pain and frustration. If you as a human being are living a life that compels you to not show up authentically, you begin to hurt to the extent 
that you don't want to be this fake version of yourself anymore. And you begin to resent the arbitrary constructs and the rules and boundaries and structure of this arbitrary system, which is a myth on its own, for it's imposing on you that you show up to the world inauthentically. And so there is the there are these deep growing pains as you begin to sense like fuck it. I don't want I don't want to be this imposter version of myself. I want to be me and 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 I want to be around people who accept me for being me. And in marriages, again, we live in a country where we say, "Hey guys, marriage, go do this thing. It'll solve all your problems. You'll be super happy." And people go, oh, marriage is hard. Yeah, no, it, marriage is, is more than just hard. It is a miracle when you understand what goes into what makes a human being unique, what makes a human being like what they do, dislike what they do, what makes them different than every other human being. And you take these two human beings who have some um, interest together, great. They also have so much difference that they don't even comprehend on day one. And you put these two human beings in the same uh, structure, in the same building, and you tell them to sleep in the same room, and you ask them to eat dinner at the same table, and it is a fucking miracle that any marriage survives. And luckily, my wife and I, we have made it uh, 23 years, 23 years, and we are coming up on 24. And my wife and I have grown together. We've had ups and downs. We have had fights that had one of us calling it quits and getting into a vehicle and driving away on multiple occasions. And I, I, I suppose and imagine that you have too, that you've had moments in your marriage where you said, this just doesn't work. It doesn't work because in this area or these areas, you are so different than me, than me that you are abrasive to me. And when you add on top of that, the showing up not as your true self and the resentment you have for all of the pressures around you to have have been not your true self, and it's a miracle that any of us make it. And so at some point, if you are almost awakened, and if your partner is almost awakened, because there are also marriages where one person is ready, they have started to awaken and they are ready to show up as their true self. And their partner has no safe space for that. So if you're in a situation where both you and your partner have started to awaken, you're both wanting to show up as your true self, and you're ready to start entering that conversation where you nod, nod, wink, wink. Hey, let me throw out some words. Let me ask you if you've read a book. Let me suggest you listen to a podcast. Would you mind if we had this conversation on this vulnerable taboo topic? And you start to lean in to authenticity and more importantly, to vulnerability. Do you understand vulnerability? The, the definition of vulnerability is to take the risk and share with somebody that things are not exactly the way they perceive them and that you really want it to be more in line with what it really is. And when you start to get vulnerable with your partner, lots of things can happen You can come to your partner and say, hey, I love you, and there are parts of our relationship that are really magical. 
but I've also not shown up in the world the way I really am inside. And I'd like to, I'd like to have space to show up like I really am. And your partner, because they're not you and they don't owe you conformity any more than you owed them conformity. Like you're coming to your partner and saying, I haven't been my real self. I'd like to be able to do that. And your partner has the right and the freedom to show up as their real self. And that may be, hey, I really liked the person I've been with for 20-something years, but I don't like the person that's inside of you that wants to show up now. And every day marriages end because of that. Every day relationships cease to exist because somebody begins to be more authentic or ask for the space to do so. And the other person says, "Mm, I can't, I can't, that's too hard. That's too difficult. That's too much. You're asking too much of me. I'm, I'm my authentic self doesn't, isn't okay with this piece of you. The person can respond in lots of ways. And again, up to this day, August 13th, 2020, my partner has grown with me. When I've showed up and said, hey, this is a hard conversation, but I'm not really built the way that you've seen for the last two decades. Instead, I'm built in this other way. And, and because of what my society told me, because of what rules our religious system gave you, because of the boundaries that have been in place by these arbitrary constructs, I have shown up the way everyone needed me to show up. And, and on top of that, when I look at my own marriage, when I look at all of my unhealthiness over the last two decades, because when I first married my wife, um, I, I was unhealthy. I was, at times, uh, emotionally abusive. I was, at times, screaming and yelling. And I don't mean like literally. I mean like my insides were in such turmoil that my life wasn't looking the way that I wanted it to look. And I didn't even know what I wanted it to look like early on. It's, it's, like, um, it's like you're invited to a frat party and you think you're showing up to be initiated uh, in these innocent ways into this group of people. And so you show up and you're smiling and these people that have briefly introduced themselves to you, you think they're your friends. And so you show up and you're enjoying the party. And then suddenly everybody goes, hey, whoa, hey, look, at there's Bill. There's the new guy. And now we're going to do this hazing activity that's going to deeply embarrass you and shame you. That's going to be a little risky. That's going to compel you to do things that you wouldn't want to do. And you're inside your head going like, I'd like to belong to these people, but I don't want to be here right now. I don't want to do this thing. And I think in our lives, we show up this way where when we get, when we're, when we're taught by our system, what the world looks like and how the world works. And some of these systems are deeply deceptive and they're deeply dishonest and they're, and they're deeply deceiving you about what the world really looks like. And they're only presenting their framework for it. And they're telling you that's the framework. It's the right framework. And so you don't even know that you can show up differently. So you come to the party and you think it's going to be one thing, but at some point the hazing starts and you suddenly go like, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't, this isn't the life. I thought I was going to get to feel, feel whole. I thought by signing up for this, I was going to get to feel myself. 
And I can see now that that's not the case. And I'll give you examples. People are taught by some systems to have lots of children. And some people aren't made to have kids. Because if you understand what it means to be human and each of us being so different from each other, some people don't want to have children. But if they're raised in a system that teaches that a high number of children is a costly signal of how obedient you are and how all in you are on the system, then you have people who were not made to have children who have six, seven, eight kids. And one day they wake up and go, I didn't want my life to look this way. I, I've been lied to. I've been deceived. Somebody told me this was the way to show up. And if I showed up this way, then everything would turn out great. And it's not that fucking great. Some people said, put off your education or do this, get married young or do that. And the reality is to some degree, every one of us to one degree or another have had to live into a life that we didn't in all understanding sign up for. But so is the same thing happening to our partner. And so here we are. One day we just wake up, we roll out of bed and we go, I don't want my life to look exactly like this. And I don't want to show up anymore just fitting in. And, and as we start to, in gentle ways, early in our marriage, and we don't even know we're doing it. We don't even have words to name it. But we start to push a little and nudge a little and try to see if our partner can be safe for us to show up just a little bit more authentically. And, and we are met with resistance. And, and we feel turmoil because we don't like the way we are in this world. And so we start to feel turmoil inside. And so we start to lash out at the person next to us, whether it's our children or our partner or our parents or our friends. We start to lash out and say, damn it, be what I need you to be so that I can feel okay about my world. And what you're doing is you are pushing back against the people around you and you are signaling to them the same thing that you are hating, which is I'm not allowed to show up in the world just as I am. You're doing it to your kids. You're doing it to your spouse. You're doing it to your, to your mom and to your dad. You are signaling to them I need you to conform. I need you to fit in. And at the very same moment, your body is begging for you to be able to show up as you are. In most relationships, this is happening and it's happening all the time. You're signaling to others that they need to fit in. Your body, your energy, your thoughts are, I want to show up as I really am. And the person across from you is doing the same thing. They're signaling to you, hey, I need you to fit in. I need you to be a certain thing. I need you to show up in the world a certain way. And, and they and their body are begging to show up authentically. And this causes so much hurt. There's, this is at the root of so much fighting. This is such a big piece of how we are navigating our lives within ourselves and with those around us that we proclaim to love. And if you're lucky, if you are fucking lucky, you and your partner are waking up to a degree of similarity and wanting to show up in similar ways authentically. And so you just feed each other this growth. Hey, I'm going to make a safe space for you to show up. Oh, and I'm going to make a safe space for you to show up if you're lucky. And so when you walk around, if you go door to door and knock, hey, I'd like to talk to you guys. 
Hey, hey, couple across the street. Hey, couple a mile away. Hey, couple on another continent. I'd like to talk to you and I'd like to see how well you really are getting along. And the reality is that most people have just figured out the way to just live without it being a clusterfuck of fighting on a daily basis. Like, hey, let's just sit and eat our dinner and watch Seinfeld and go to bed, have sex, get up in the morning, I'll go to work, you go to work, and let's just do it again. And you never really get real with each other. That is happening all over the place. People are faking their lives all over the place, up and down the streets of your neighborhood. And some people start to try to lean into this authenticity and their partner has no space for it. Can't happen. I can't have you showing up like that. If you keep showing up as your authentic self, well, then I can't deal with that. I can't tolerate it. I can't live with it. And those marriages dissolve. You see, whether the person is having an affair, whether the person is having a gambling addiction, whether the person is uh, abusive in all of its forms, whether the person is, whatever that person's doing that is just running abrasive to the other, it is this push and pull of trying to be yourself, trying to show up in the world as your, your, as your authentic self and to belong and to be accepted. And so all these things become outlets. Like how do I get the things that I need to get so that I can feel whole? When, when I go out drinking with the buddies, it gives me a chance to just be me and to uh, zone out a little bit from this pretend self that I have to always be. When somebody has a gambling addiction, they're sitting at the table gambling and it's just their way of getting away from the rest of their world for a minute. And so if you're, if you're not awake, you're just faking it with each other and maybe it's working and maybe it's not. And it's got its own unhealthiness and pushback and mechanisms. And maybe you grow together and maybe you don't. And it ends in divorce. And so I'm just sitting here saying like relationships are hard because you get married under false pretenses with no fault necessarily of either one of you, but rather this was the world you were handed in the arbitrary constructs that were given to you. And so you think like, oh, I know her and she knows me and we're going to grow together and we're always going to get along this well and everything's going to be peachy cream uh, until one of us has our last breath. And the reality is, no, we learn really quickly that was a mirage. Like we may love our partner. I love my wife. I adore her. We get along really great most of the time. She has grown with me in this process of waking up. It's been fantastic most of the time, and yet sometimes it is shitty. Sometimes it, it hurts. Sometimes it feels like you're being assaulted when the person's motives are anything but to hurt you. It feels like the other person being themselves is just terror to you. And I think that happens in the best of marriages. And I don't know what the answer is. I'm trying to figure it out in my own life. How much of my true self am I allowed to show up in without causing terror and what feels like assault to her being her authentic self? And so I'm just here to say life is messy. Life is complex. Life is full of hard shit. And when we choose a person to spend the rest of our life with, it is way more fucking difficult than we ever expected it to be. And that waking up isn't easy especially when you're doing it with someone else that you care about 
and they're not waking up exactly the same way you are, nor should they, nor does anyone. And sometimes talking it out only gets so far. And sometimes negotiating and navigating in healthy ways only gets so far. And that we ought to have compassion and understanding for just how fucking difficult it is to be a human being, living out your human experience in the space of other human beings, living out their human experience. Until next time. Please consider helping us keep this podcast alive by donating. You can do that by going to the website almostawakened.org. There at the top of the page, you'll see the donate button. Click that and send a few dollars our way. This takes lots of time and prep to do this podcast, but we're excited to do it. Help us keep it going. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsense spirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director, Brittany Hartman.